0: Welcome back. What does the Bible say about hope? In this video, I'd like to take a few minutes to define the Bible's concept of hope, and then we'll spend the remainder of our time thinking about how hope transforms us. What is biblical hope? Biblical hope looks to a future resurrection from the dead and with it eternal life. Biblical hope is forward-looking, forward-thinking, thinking about the future, and especially the resurrection from the dead and the life to come. Consider how Paul defended himself in the latter chapters of the book of Acts. Before the Sanhedrin, he said, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. Concerning the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am being judged. Before Felix, he said, I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. Before Agrippa, he says, And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To this promise our twelve tribes, earnestly serving God night and day, hope to attain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. Why should it be thought incredible by you, that God raises the dead. So the future Paul was looking toward, the future he was looking forward to, was a resurrection from the dead. And that hope for a resurrection from the dead is accompanied by eternal life, an eternal life in heaven which follows. In Titus chapter 1, verse 2, Paul talks of the hope of eternal life which God who cannot lie promised before time began so the end goal of christian hope is our resurrection from the dead and eternal life with jesus christ biblical hope is not only forward looking it is also confident it's a confident expectation the writer of hebrews talks about this in hebrews chapter 6 verses 13 through 20 Generally, when we say, I hope this happens, we are expressing wishful thinking. We have a preferred outcome in mind, but what we would like to happen may or may not happen. Christian hope distinguishes itself insofar as it is confident in the future. God made promises to Abraham. Abraham believed God. He persevered he obtained what was promised. This is what the writer of Hebrews is talking about in chapter 6, verses 13 through 20. Abraham believed God because he recognized that God not only made the promise, but he swore by himself that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, God offered two immutable things. Immutable means unchallengeable, unassailable, undeniable, irreversible. So it's the promise of God confirmed by an oath, two immutable things that gave Abraham confidence that the better future God promised was going to happen. It's in the immutability of God's counsel that we find strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hope, to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. The hope in God requires trust in God, and trust in God requires that He speak the truth. He makes a promise, He confirms it by the oath. We can believe it. So, Christian hope is not wishful thinking or fantasy, it is a confident expectation secured by the immutability of God's promises. This is why Paul calls hope in that sixth chapter of Hebrews an anchor of the soul. It's an anchor. And that anchor is Jesus. Jesus is our hope. In Him we have hope of a resurrection from the dead. And because He now ministers on our behalf in the presence of God, we can be confident that future will happen. So biblical hope has two basic elements. It looks to a future resurrection from the dead with eternal life to follow, And it is also confident that that future will come to pass. A few years ago, a friend recommended the book Making Hope Happen by Shane Lopez. Dr. Lopez researched the concept of hope extensively, and in his research, he discovered some interesting insights. My friend recommended this book because she saw definite parallels between Dr. Lopez's insights and the biblical concept of hope. As I read the book, I agreed. In fact, there was tremendous overlap between the two. First, hopeful people believe the future will be better than the present. The future will be better than the present. Paul teaches this in Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 23. In that passage, Paul talks about suffering, and there's one thing that we can be sure of in life. Suffering is a part of life that's not just true for the non-Christian, it's true for the Christian as well. Suffering is a part of our experience. But Paul says that sufferings, the sufferings of the present time, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Or to put it another way, the glory that lies ahead for the Christian is greater in proportion to the sufferings we experience. Heaven is going to feel really good for all of us, but it will feel even better for some who have suffered to a greater degree. Paul reminds us in this passage that suffering is in the world because of sin and that suffering encourages us to desire freedom from suffering. He says this is all by design. The freedom from suffering God offers Christians is the adoption, the redemption of our body, or, in other words, the resurrection from the dead. Paul says we are saved in this hope. The hope of something better ahead, the hope of living after death, the hope of finding release from pain, these things motivate us to seek salvation. So as a Christian, I believe the future will be better than the present hopeful people also believe that they have a hand in making that better future happen. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, the apostle writes, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself, just as He is pure." Now, John is laying out a clear vision for the future, a hope of a resurrected body fashioned after the body of Jesus Christ. Based on that hope for the future, we are compelled to act. We purify our lives, so we have a hand in making that better future happen. Paul, in the book of Ephesians, prays that you might know what is the hope of his calling and urges us to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. So he wants us to know that hope that's a part of our calling, and he tells us to walk worthy of that hope. So I do have a hand in making my better future happen. True hope compels people to act. I have a hand in making my better future happen. The hopeful person sees many paths to their better future. Now, it's true Christians believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by Him. There's only one way. It's through Jesus Christ. But how our individual lives unfold may look different from person to person. Think about Romans chapter 15, verse 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Paul is telling us to look to the Old Testament, to look to the examples of the Old Testament and think about what we can draw from those lessons. If we go to the chapter of faith, Hebrews chapter 11, we see the examples of many of these Old Testament characters referred to. And as you go down through that list, Abraham, Noah, Moses, Rahab, Samson, Jephthah, think to yourself how different all of their lives were. There's a lot of different ways people can serve God, and how a person's life unfolds is going to look different when compared to another. But these folks all shared the same faith, but they also shared the same hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hopeful people realize that not all paths to heaven will look the same. Some die young, while others live long lives, Some enter heaven after waging lifelong battles with depression and anxiety, while others constantly seek freedom from the chains of addiction. Though our lives may unfold different ways, the same hope compels us, that better resurrection with eternal life to follow. Not all paths to that future look the same. The last thing hopeful people understand is... No path to that better future is free from obstacles. In Romans chapter 4, verse 18, Paul talks about Abraham who, contrary to hope and hope, believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Abraham had no earthly reason to expect that either he or Sarah were capable of producing the son that God had prophesied. The path to that better future could not be charted by human wisdom. But by faith, Abraham chose to hope against hope. Hope means hoping when everything seems hopeless. But this is what the hopeful understand. They understand that no path to that better future is free from obstacles. Later on in chapter 5 of Romans, verses 3 and 4, Paul says, But not only that, we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Look what it takes to get to hope. You have to go through tribulations, trials, suffering, obstacles. No path to hope is free from obstacles. And those trials teach us to persevere, That perseverance leads to the formation of our character and flowing out from the formation of our character is a greater and greater hope. Hope is not wishful thinking. It's not fantasy. It's a confident expectation that there is a better future ahead and hopeful people understand that that road to their better future may be tough. It may be really tough, but they choose to hope against hope Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast If you found this program useful please visit the gospelsaves.me to find blogs videos and bible studies If you enjoyed the music on this podcast please visit acapeldridge.com You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music Google Play Spotify YouTube and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will.